Hey guys, this is Joe Whitcomb with Reboot Your Relationship for another episode. And today we're going to be talking about the power of one. And the power of one is it only takes one person to change the rhythm of the dance. And so we're going to get into talking about our own triggers, right? Feeling what we need to feel and our own curriculum and how we're going to break through some of these upper limit barriers in our relationships. So let's just, you know, have you ever felt triggered and stuck in a reactive tailspin despite all your efforts? It's from this kind of space or place, this hooked feeling that we find ourselves responding in really less than ideal ways. And these are the moments when we may speak with venom or act out or completely shut down, isolate when we face these challenging situations when we get triggered so it's only later when you've come out of this mental fog or this hijacking when you've had the opportunity to calm down and reflect on our own actions that we wonder where we went wrong and how we could have chosen a more grounded response and all those feelings come up so today we're going to be focusing on learning that we have the power and freedom to choose something different, the power of one. So we're gonna examine and illuminate these nebulous processes and begin to clearly identifying where and when you have the opportunity to change your habitual response patterns, these knee-jerk reactions, these ways that we choose certain things in our life, but to choose something different. And this is one of the principles and practices in our Reboot Your Relationship workshops, seminars, intensives, and we personally walk you through this landscape of these deep emotional internal thunderstorms and guide you through with tools to cultivate more of your inner freedom and peace. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still running that annual cold. I hope you guys can all bear with me today. So... So let me ask you this. What does it mean to be hooked, to get hooked? So maybe it is a comment from a friend about your new shirt or the dinner you just cooked. Or maybe it's a look or a glance from a stranger or you're driving down the highway and someone cuts you off and something about it sets you off. And then you begin having this semantic, this body experience. Your jaw or your stomach tightens. You feel irritated, frustrated. Anger begins to rise out of nowhere. Time speeds up. Your mind begins to race. Thoughts about the offending action begin to flooding your head. Judgments, defenses, accusations, whatever you call it, you're hooked and your amygdala hijacked. So you think about Dan Siegel's work. He talks about amygdala hijacking. So. If you're not driving and you're listening to this, you can make your hand like a fist and wrap your hand around your thumb. And in the, around, what's wrapped around your thumb is the, the thumb part is your limbic system. In the middle of that is your amygdala, which is like your hot button. And then wrapped around that is your prefrontal cortex, your thinking brain. So you have your emotional brain, your thinking brain, and your hippocampus, and your primitive brain or reptilian brain, whatever you want to call that. There's all sorts of names for it that gets you hijacked so that's when you flip the lid that's the hijacking and it's almost like you become this different person and you're in tunnel vision and you're hijacked so how do you choose something different so 
Here we're going to talk about developing subtle awareness of what it actually feels like to be hooked. I'll tell you from my own personal uh, experience, my first alarm that goes off, danger, 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 is when I feel it in the back of my head, my head surges, and in my chest there's this big lava hot like a dragon breathing and all this lava flowing through my body and that is what we have to learn to recognize that these feelings when it first arises and to catch it quicker and that's interrupting the momentum of a lot of our habitual responses by slowing down your reactions and notice what you're noticing and that's the part of the idea of that slower is faster. <laughs> faster is not faster. So what we want to do today, kind of if you just watched the Super Bowl and you saw the play-by-plays, slowing it down, showing the play-by-play, showing it from beginning, middle, end, and all these things that come up because we can begin to interrupt those patterns and establish alternative forms of responding that come from an expansive sense of self-worth stature rather than this constricted place of self-preservation self-protection you know all those things that we're going for in that moment so we can get support to reinforce this change and make it a new and active part of your life so are you ready to get unhooked so let's look at this because we're going to go through and discover some of the underlying emotions and discover how we can get some tools that we need to cultivate true inner freedom in your relationships. So we've got to get to the heart of the matter. So primarily, um, I work pri uh, primarily as a trauma-informed relationship psychotherapist, and I've developed a method called TRI-RPM, Tri-Trauma-Informed uh, Relationship Psychotherapy Method and been working with couples for about 20 years and there's a real we start to see a lot of patterns in relationships because here's what happens to you guys when you're out there if you notice this certain pattern within yourself there is hope and sometimes you have to get you know it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame so getting to the heart of the matter here is when i look at couples and they disagree we start to seeing that most of you guys repeat the following, you know, disruptive pattern of complain, complain, defend, and blame, and express contempt and distance, or emotionally or physically withdraw, stonewall, which is the ultimate form of domination. So here's the thing about distress. It's not about how many fights you have, or even if you resolve these fights. It's Distress is about how you fight and whether you can retain some sort of emotional connection after the fight. Now, traditional types of relationship counseling tend to be more open-ended and seek to solve immediate problems, but in, and then you just, there's like continuing arguing or focusing primarily on behavior change or communication skills. And that is sometimes really important and good to have, especially, you know, since a lot of us haven't really been taught that or modeled that for us. However, what we're doing here at Reboot Your Relationship, our approach is to hone in on increasing a couple's appreciation for how each partner feels, really in order to build trust and a secure base that both of you can really rely on. And in this approach, couples are going to learn to recognize this 
negative cycles, the stance, 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 your stance, his stance, her stance, and your dance. And these are, you know, we're all stuck in this where one person's criticizing and the other person's responding defensively and withdraws. And so this is where we want to slow it down, where you can really learn to identify the needs and fears that come and that keep you in that vicious cycle. So because something happens and you have a story about yourself or your partner and you're adding, subtracting all this meaning, interpreting and translating it through this lens of whatever it is that you have going on and then you're looking for evidence for all that keeps occurring over and over again and now you're back in that vicious cycle. So we want to be able to learn to identify the needs and fears and learn to identify and express these underlying emotions so that you as a partner can really begin to learn to empathize with each other and become much more supportive and give that care and have that secure functioning in your relationship so that you're working through some of the um, <clears throat> the uh, the what do we want to call that uh, co uh, co-regulation because they're co-regulating and kind of pinging off each other in this vortex rather than being partners in this where you're bringing care and compassion so partners what we want to help you do is begin to move through these emotional needs that you're both expressing you know and you're trying to decode the coded message that your partner is speaking and you can begin to have comfort and be able to come alongside each other to be more responsive to be more engaging to be more accessible and uh, be able to have more of a emotional you know engagement with each other's needs rather than reactive all the time and getting triggered <clears throat> so here's the thing here we're here's where we want to base jump from today so until you're able to really identify and acknowledge and ultimately forgive some of these injuries and attachment injuries, you're going to see this emotional gulf persist between you. It's because no matter how dissatisfying things have become or unhappy or angry you may be, you both need to feel safe in coming together to work through these problems, these patterns. So each of you needs to understand the emotions dictating your actions, your behavior tendencies. And these emotions behind perceived problems are the key to really understanding each other. It's getting to the heart of the matter. Just like the song goes, the heart of the matter. Love that song. So reality check. Let's do some reality testing. Reality check. The reality is... We all have conflict. What do we not see so clearly is that at the core of our conflicts is in our several, all these emotions, shame, anger, but what drives a lot of this is fear. And we're not talking about fear in the sense of being afraid of your safety. We're talking about emotional fear. These emotional fears become our hot buttons or our tender spots, our raw spots, our dragon. So when someone pushes that fear button, you tend to react with unhealthy words or actions really aimed at getting the other person to change and give you what they want. So what happens? You deny the other person's experience. You deny what's happening. You deny your part. 
then you attack <laughs> or we attack or you get attacked and then you reverse blame and you're the problem for pointing out the problem and then we get into playing the victim and now you're the offender the perpetrator now we're off we go on and on and on because what's happening here is often your reactions trigger the core fear of the other person again that co-regulation when you begin to react with unhealthy words or actions trying to get you to fill up the other person's needs these wish mergers right you have everything that I want and need and you're not giving it to me and this becomes a cycle that becomes a fear dance or the vicious cycle whatever you want to call that vortex and it keeps you stuck in a gridlock an impasse and so nothing gets to move beyond and this fear takes control precedence it's like two drowning people two drowning people and that becomes kind of we'll talk about this I talked about this in my other podcast and that becomes this double bind and this emotional contagion and what is a double bind and what's an emotional contagion all right sounds really bad <laughs> well it is when you're in conflict so a double bind in these emotional things is imagine you have a teacher who comes to a student and shows him a stick now if the student says that stick is real you get beaten if you say the stick is not real you get beaten and if you don't talk about the stick like it doesn't even exist you're gonna get beaten that's the double bind so what do we do we got an up level of communication student comes and grabs a stick from the teacher breaks it that's breaking that pattern and getting out of that cycle to close the loop to hit the circuit breaker to try to do something different where we have the power and freedom to choose something different the other part of this is the emotional contagion or affect contagion where you are taking on each other's emotions and feelings and you know what I'm talking about so when when you walk in the room and you know or someone walks in the room and they're angry or moody well what do you feel you're feeling angry and moody you know someone's depressed you're feeling depressed if you're feeling sad or excited all these things because these mirror neurons in our in our brain are mirroring back and forth pinging you're scanning each other's nervous system trying to find your way out but you get stuck you get hooked in that moment and now you're triggered into each other's vortex so how does this sort of cycle go this fear dance work right again we have the power and freedom to choose something different the power of one it only takes one of you to change the rhythm of the dance to change that pattern and this is not easy to do I am constantly working on this myself so that we can work it out so if we were to trace the steps of this dance we got to look at what does go on inside us and how our behavior tendencies or actions cause very familiar patterns of thought habits of action and these are mostly for all of us if we look back at some of the stuff these are unconscious attachment wounds unconscious attachment injuries uh, things that come up that we're we could be conscious of them or we may not be conscious of them but something's happened so what happens so the first step here is you get hurt right something happens and you feel hurt what does your hurt look like and you can think about the range of emotions that you could be feeling like you're when you're wounded 
and you might be feeling bewilderment or confusion or sadness or disconnection or anger, worry, rage, frustration, horror, even embarrassed or shame. You know, here we go again. And these are just a, a few of the words that could describe your real life hurts. And so you have the hurt and the pain, but then it goes into more harm and suffering when we go into these other steps here because you have something you really want because when you hurt you want a solution right you want things that will make you feel better and without realizing you may often expect that the other person's going to change to satisfy you and give you exactly what you want and so now we're in this power struggle with these expectations right and i always say expectations without consent or agreement creates resentment and you see the other person again as a problem and as your solution and you think if only he or she would change if he just stopped being a jerk and listened to me and if she would just stop complaining you know i wouldn't keep having to avoid and that becomes kind of a pattern right and john gottman talks about this little Thing. He calls it the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, where one person makes a complaint, the other person hears the complaint as a criticism, and they withdraw or they distance themselves. Then that doesn't get resolved, then it annies up and it goes to contempt over time because there is no working towards the relationship or resolution or repair or reconciliation. And then onward to stonewalling which I always say is the ultimate form of domination because there is no more movement it's frozen now in this pain cycle this fear cycle because now the fear comes up and when you know conflict stirs these powerful emotions of hurt and want and and, and it touches very specific fear and I want you to think about your own troubled relationships I want you to think when you want to connect okay you that's that need I, I need to feel connected but you fear you're not attractive enough or competent enough or smart enough or whatever and so you fear this disconnection you know and I'm afraid you know being authentic so I choose to abandon my true self I exchange my authentic true self in exchange for connection relationship because that's food it's oxygen but <laughs> what happens next right now you're just surviving because neither of you feel like you can be fully accepted because you both want to be accepted, but you fear you're no good enough, you're not good enough, and then you want to be respected, but you fear the other person's going to look down on you. And then you have your fears actually reflect your wants, right? When you feel your wants won't be fulfilled, you experience this fear. I'm going to use a word here called the wish merger, right? So if you write out everything on this list that you want and need, Okay, if you were right down, what can I live with? What can I not live with? What can I live without? What can I not live without? And we write all that stuff down, right? Because these are all the things what we want to have in our person. But that person doesn't always have what you want or need in the moment. And you get triggered. But here's what a good place to go. And where we need to go with that is look at that list in the mirror, in face to face, facing and joining in the truth. Okay, because you want to have all that. But we got to look in the mirror in those moments and we got to ask the hard question am I being that am I doing that to have that myself so if I want someone who's connected am I being connecting 
if I have if I want someone who is emotionally available to me am I being emotionally available if I am wanting someone who's being playful and romantic am I being playful and romantic this is a mirror you got to look at how are you showing up how are you being doing acting and you know to have what you truly want you can't have do and then be so you can't so part of our dilemma here is when I have this when I have this perfect relationship when I have that romantic person when I have this then I'm gonna do something like be romantic and I'll reach back and I'll go on a dance floor and then I'll be that person when I have it well guys <laughs> it doesn't work that way <laughs> you have to be that then do that and then you can have that but here's where we get into that reaction because now you react and most people whether it's consciously or unconsciously you begin to fall into these well-worn ruts and patterns of reacting when someone's pushing your fear button and you fear losing this control or being enmeshed or you try to seize that control you know and that the four f's of control if you listen to my other podcast is just more fear more frustration more fatigue more failure because it's impossible to control anything out there but ourselves right so you may fear losing that connection so you try to seize connection. You try to push for it, and you let you leap for it. It's kind of like the ebbs and flows of the ocean, right? So when the ocean tides are high and they're crashing, you feel, ah, oh, my lover's here. But when the, the terror of when those waves are, you know, ebbing out and they're going back into the ocean, and the terror, and you start chasing after that wave or the riptides that take your take your love away in that terror and fear that it's never going to come back right and these reactions are our strategies that we employ to get the other person to help us with our wants but we're speaking in code right we're speaking in code and we have to learn and we're expecting our partner to decode the code i see this all the time you can go out let's say you go dancing you want to go dancing you go out dancing and you're standing in the corner Okay, I used to do this all the time. Stand in the corner and always wait for someone else taking a more passive stance instead of taking charge of my love or taking charge of the, you know, being more assertive and courageous in that moment. I'm just standing there hoping and wishing, you know, that some that pretty girl in the corner would come dance with me and ask me to dance. Never happens. Never happens. And then I feel more rejected, more pain more alone more disconnected because i'm running my own avoidance strategy here right so this means that it's not merely your fears that disrupt and injure and cause harm to your relationships it's how you choose to react when someone's pushing that fear button that hot button that that raw spot that sensitive part of us because most of us use these unhealthy faulty reactions to deal with our fear and as a result we sabotage our relationships and that's where we have to rewire our relationship DNA here to make through it to, and to work through this because what makes intimacy okay and the word intimacy to me means joining in the truth with grace and love right it's those two things it's power and love it's grace but it's joining in the truth 
And that's tricky sometimes because in our attempts to be seen or feel seen or heard or known, which is often what we most desire, we want to, you know, you may take a risk and share who you are in a very vulnerable moment coming out from that turtle shell, from behind the wall, out of that cocoon, like a butterfly, or where you're so tight in the bud, like a rose, it's so painful. And then it becomes too painful, more painful to stay tight in the bud than it is to bloom. And then finally you do bloom and you come out and something happens. And instead of being received, you feel misunderstood or judged, not really heard by your person, your partner. Because And then because your share triggered them into their stuff and now you're both acting defensively and feeling blamed or made wrong for how you're feeling, and that sometimes this can escalate into this long fight or rift between the two of you. Again, what just happened? You're triggered, right? It's this need, fear, dilemma, and dance. You get triggered. And maybe, <clears throat> and maybe it's your own past that prevented you from seeing your partner, you know? Or maybe it's, you know, your vulnerability and the way you shared it reminded, you know, your partner of your dad, or your mom, or your ex-partner. And you get hooked there. And then you get all derailed by, you know, your partner being triggered. And, and you went into your stuff projecting that, you know, your partner was your mom, your dad, your ex, someone else. Oh, now you're really triggered because you're reacting just like their mom. <laughs> oh, my. You know? So now you want to just point out how lame they are for, and for derailing this whole thing. And then, you know, you're fed up. You walk away with your hands in the air, judging your partner. You know, instead of seeing their innocence and not their guilt, you're judging them and wondering if you're crazy and why you ever were with them in the first place. So now you're triggered, you know, by... And so by you leaving that conversation because of your own abandonment stuff or their own abandonment stuff that neither of you are really aware of, you begin getting really just, you know, this kind of desperate and try to get... You know, they try to get you to come back and work it out with each other. But you're doing it from a place of this panic and charge because neither of you are receiving it or trusting it as probably because you shouldn't because it's loaded with baggage, hurt. You know, it's the hurt habits and hang-ups, right? All those hurts, habits, and hang-ups that are flooding in on that in that moment. And then on and on and on we go. Does anyone relate to this one? Anyone? I'm sure we do at some level, this vicious cycle that goes on and on and on. And this is where I come in and help you guys learn how to dance and work through this because both of you need some love and some help and support. And I see this dynamic all the time and it doesn't need to go down this way. It really doesn't. It doesn't have to keep repeating this same pattern. Getting out of the groove or getting out of the rut and creating new grooves, right? The wonderful thing about our brain and the neuroscience that we've done with the brain and relationships and love and romance is that the brain is plastistic, malleable, and we can learn how to break out of these upper limit barriers and create deeper connection. And it all's happening in our brain, our body, and all sorts of ways that we don't even understand sometimes 
And like I always say, there's multiple dimensions here co-occurring simultaneously that one dimension cannot define the conflict or the issue. And because there's a lot of moving parts here, lifestyle differences, personality differences, value differences, fear, because both of you, and so what we want to begin to do together here is take a big step back and look at everything from 30,000 feet because my bias is you need some you need some things here you need a shared context shared vision shared map and shared tools you know we all need awareness and the desire to work through the stuff that's on your side my side our side I when I talk to couples I say I don't pick sides I'm not on your side I'm not on your side I'm on the side of relationship and my task here is to reveal what's already there the love and it's also to break through some of these things okay but to get you both to receive each other and to create this safe secure base that you both can rely on to translate and interpret and bring the play the fun back okay now that's our business here so now sometimes when we get triggered I mean even in my own relationships I do have a preference that my partner would go work on her triggers or they go my friend goes work on their triggers because hurt you know that hurts that comes up in the relationship to us but we got to remember the power of one it only takes one person to change the rhythm of the dance because we don't need that because my growth and my commitment is to our own development and to working through our part and I'm committed to having the people around me and I want us to be committed to having that sense of being understood and received and met. And you see that dynamic all the time where one person you may feel unmet in your relationship and the other and you want to grow and you don't feel like you're growing. Well, you kind of get in that one up position. We talk about this in the drama triangle, the one two one up positions, the one down the the rescuer, the perpetrator, two of them up, and the one down, the victim. And you start in these places, and you never get beyond. In, you know, you're below the line, below the presence, not aware of what's occurring. So to get above the line into the compassion and the passion and the engagement and the empowerment triangle, where you both become more coaches and challengers and co-creators of this. And why do we want to do that? Because you, your partner matters to you and because you want to know all of your partner to join in the truth and really connect and work beyond and get beyond the triggers that keep coming up. Because it's kind of like this hell loop, right? This hell loop, this trauma loop, this loop, okay? It's kind of like if you ever do like salsa or tango, there's this one move that you have to make and you can't get past it because it's kind of counterintuitive. You lift and you got to take that step forward and you keep stepping on each other's toes and ah, it's frustrating. So, but, so you get to this place in X and so sometimes we don't stay with it long enough to learn the new steps and to new this, learn the new strategies, right? Because uh, we get to X, you don't get, so we get there and you never get beyond because you're getting all hooked up in all the other fear and shame and embarrassment, you know, frustration, hurts, confusion, disconnection, rupture of trust, all these things begin to ensue. And now you're again disconnected and wondering how do we get back to good? 
Like I always say, it's the good, the bad, the ugly. The good, you have a lot of good times, and sometimes you have a bad day. It doesn't mean you don't have to milk that five minutes or day, you know, and 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 define the relationship as it's all bad. But here's the thing: when we get into these triggers, okay, sometimes it's bad. You get back to good, and we got to understand how that happened. But sometimes it goes to ugly. And when it's in the ugly, and you know ugly, ugly is that ongoing pain cycle, fear dance cycle that you get into. And there is no reparation back to good. There is no resolution or reconciliation or any of that repair to move you beyond and to ask these questions of yourself and not just of your partner, like going, oh, what do they need to learn here? No, what do I need? What am I supposed to learn here? That's a great question. But you know what's a better question in your curriculum for life and love, right? And Rumi says this in a quote. He says, "Our task isn't to find love. Our task is to find all the barriers we set against it." And so the next deeper level in our curriculum here for life and love is, what am I not willing to learn here? What am I not willing to look at? within myself in that curriculum what am I bringing in that's hard okay so the power of one it only takes one person to change the rhythm of the dance so thanks guys again this is reboot your relationship I'm dedicating this this is all part of our talk talk and uh, uh, confidential with Shante Nevin and um, wanted to just give a shout out to everybody out there um, and if there's, if you need to contact me, please do. You can email me at uh, joe at rebuildingconnection.com or you can also uh, text me 310-560-0726 or you can go to the link there online and find me there. But let's, let's do this together. Let's make 2020, you know, our best year ever and catapult that and, and base jump from this so that we can really take charge of our love and our triggers and everything else all right and again thanks so much for joining us and we'll have another episode tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day uh, i've been sick this last couple like last month so i'm trying to uh crank these out for everybody and uh, please forgive me and my <clears throat> uh my voice is going too so all right thanks again and make this your best day and i just want to remind you this thing I do here for all of you is so that others may live and love well. Don't forget the power of one. It only takes one person to change the rhythm of this dance. Okay, go for it. <laughs>